Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. My name is Mosey Truitt from Liberty Horsemanship, and I am really, really excited to share this one with you guys. I had such a good time talking to Cass, and yeah, I feel like this episode encompasses so much of what I've been thinking and kind of talking about recently. Um, I talked with Cassandra from The Reflective Horse, who is just an incredible horsewoman and an incredible woman in general. And I'm so grateful to call her my friend. And yeah, we just talked about, we talked about so many things. It's hard for me to even like remember all the different aspects that we got into. But what I do really remember is that almost everything we were saying, I felt like I was getting to kind of the core essence of what I've been trying to convey recently about the wild and about what it means to trust yourself and hearing Cassandra's point of view and all this in her own journey just like solidified it in myself even more and I think I felt even more strongly about these um, points I've been really really thinking about recently after having this conversation with her so I'm super super excited to share it with you guys also Cassandra is launching or has launched now um a mastery program, which we talk about in the episode, but basically for anyone who is interested in possibly diving into a career path or just diving in deeper um, with horses in a way that feels really aligned to a lot of the values we talk about here on the show, she has made a program to go through and I am so excited for it. And you'll hear more in the episode, uh, yeah, I like can't wait for you guys to hear about it because when she told me the idea, I was just like thrilled. I was like, this is what the horse world needs. More and more people coming out and collaborating and yeah, just making these other options and these other ways of thinking around horses really accessible and part of the equestrian culture. So that's why I feel like she's doing, and I'm so grateful to actually be a part of it now. And yeah, everyone who's doing all this amazing stuff and like really bringing this into the mainstream more and more, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you guys all so much for listening. I can't wait to share this episode with you. So let's just get on into it. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on the other side. I mean, it is a studio. It's a studio now. This I like is a studio. I think in that episode you listened to, I talked about like not having. You were like echoey. Yeah, I was like, I don't yeah. have a the space set up. I was like procrastinating yeah. it, and now, yeah. yeah, I did it. I like within the week, I made it happen. It's really, really good. It's so much better. Yeah, and hopefully the echo. This will be the first time recording in this room, actually. Right. Oh wow. So hopefully the wow. audio quality is okay. The old, the 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 cleansing moon, and then the recording of the podcast the first <laughs> podcast i i think it's very appropriate um also this morning i saw a couple of hawks circling this room mm. and hawk has been like my animal this year so far and oh yeah that hawk was, medicine I love the bigger it. picture 
Yeah. In fact, when I was coming up here, there was a big one that was flying over, you know, and I just uh, just noticed, you know, just noticed, like, hmm, right? it's just a, a metaphor, you know, all of it. Yeah. I mean, because it's in our, it's in our consciousness, it comes into our consciousness, so on some level, I think that it's, it's there for us. It's, I, a, it's a metaphor. We can make it whatever we want. I completely agree, and I think our intuition knows too yes what it's for us yeah yeah definitely okay awesome so i have just hit record just in case you didn't know I don't okay know people know that yeah. i hit record but i can edit anything um or not or not usually i don't no <laughs> usually i don't edit anything because <laughs> it was taking me like five hours to like edit one episode in the beginning and and like cleaning it up and taking out like eh, here's a little like behind the curtains but like you know taking out longer pauses or taking out ums in the first like five episodes and and I was like if I'm either gonna need to like outsource the editing and have someone else do it I'm yeah. really happy I learned how to do it or I'm gonna have to just like not edit as much and just you know let let the podcast keep going and yeah and I think when you get in the flow which I heard you did do that you know when I listened to the new year podcast I felt like you just got into a flow and um, it was just so meaningful, you know. I mean, it didn't need any editing. I, I appreciate that. I think I really like it with the guests, like not taking out the places where, you know, like maybe there's a mess up, quote unquote, or like someone, yeah. or I fumble a word, which happens a lot. Um, because I think there is just something nice about hearing the natural conversation. Completely. And, yeah. Yeah. And I just don't want to edit. So no, so it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect on it's all perfect. ends. Um, so to begin, do you want to just introduce yourself and kind of give a brief overview? Of, sure. Um, of what we're going to talk about or? Uh, I was thinking more of like who you are, which I just think is such a broad topic too. Ooh. Like, you know, who to try I to am. <laughs> okay. Include that. All right. Yes. But yeah, if you want to also put in some things you want to talk about, because I feel really open today. Like I, everything we've been talking about, I've already like wanted to record. We went on a little walk down to the horses and I was like, I'll try and bring those in. Yeah. Try to bring those topics in, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, my name's Cassandra Ogier and I'm the founder and director of the reflective horse. Um, and, uh, gosh, I mean, I think I've been in the, in the living of horses and people for, I don't know, I suppose officially since about 2010, um, but really unofficially for a lot longer than that, you know, that horses have been really in my orbit and somehow or other connecting that to people's personal empowerment or people's personal development and my own personal development for sure and um not that I want to you know to dwell on this but I'm very very excited about um the reflective horse mastery program which is in creation and I'm very very excited that I'm talking with you about it and um I just know that it's really a platform for an enormous amount of sharing of 
wisdom and knowledge, um, yours and other people who I think are going to open up this field of horses and education and horses and spiritual growth. I feel like it's going to open it up massively. And I'm really, really happy about that. I am so excited for it. Um, I'd kind of like to get in and have you like share a little bit of what it is, um, just so people are on the same page. But I just want to say first that hearing you explain this idea to me and and feeling so honored that you want to include me in it too. I even if I wasn't a part of it, I am just so inspired and so so grateful that something like this is being made and that there's. I really do feel there's like this wave of horsemanship and and like people are craving a new way to be with horses. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing right now is just about how do I get there? Like, how do I make the shift? How do I feel supported in it? How do I learn the things I want to learn? And it's, I think there's amazing people doing, you know, fantastic work, like teaching it and um, all these ideas with all these like really strong women and men too, but like also really strong women, like spreading this kind of new wave and these new ideas. Um, but I've been wanting there to be a place where all that comes together and where people can see a kind of unified, um, platform to learn and to, um, to educate themselves and to just explore. And again, also like feel community. Mm -hmm. So when you explained your idea, I was like, Oh yes. Like it's happening. Like these things are happening. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to explain a little bit. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> you is. know, um, what's just come to mind is um, thinking about, um, you know, the sharing in the community kind of aspect of it, because I kind of feel like people have tried to do this in the past. Um, and it really makes me think about Ariana Strozzi, who, you know, um, developed equine guided education. Mm-hmm. And how she brought people together in a, you know, a conference, like a yearly conference. But somehow or other, maybe it just wasn't the right time. You know, it was, you know, Egala and um, Path and, you know, all of these sort of, you know, heavy, it sort of feels like heavy certifications of, you know, equine therapy. And um, she really tried very, very hard to bring it all together and make it a something, you know. But... um, it just really wasn't the time, I, I don't think, you know, and, and I wonder whether it was a sort of sign of the times that it was um, about sort of leadership and control and, um, right. you know, just a, a structure and a formula. And, um, you know, I think that, well, certainly I see that you have just changed so enormously, even though that you started off with such a a bigger freedom base than I did. It's just incredible how I think we've both let go of, you know, gone through a process of just letting go of control of the horses and of the kind of way that the structure of a program should go or or training should go and just looking at everything individually and I just think that it's um, it's a time where maybe we're, we've let go enough to be able to know that there's enough to go around. It's not anything like, you know, you should do this training or you should do that training. It's just an open exploration. Yeah. 
um, which goes along with, um, yeah, there's enough to go around. There's, you know, everybody can do this. Yeah. You know, even if you don't have horses, there's an understanding behind it that I think um, is accessible to everybody. It's, you know, it's like there's no limitations to it. Yeah. That's what I'm excited about. So I kind of waffled off the conversation of the the, the reflective horse mastery program. <laughs> no, but that is actually that I completely forgot. That was another thing I really wanted to talk about today was, um, I do feel like, interestingly enough, like you and I have, kind of, like, like I didn't talk to you for a little while, and but we were kind of keeping tabs on each other, and I feel like I, you know, we were seeing each other online and. Um, And like, I was really interested in your things and kind of watching you change. And I feel like you were watching me change. And I do feel so in sync that, um, while I think we both started, like, honestly, like we probably both had our own like wave of, um, like the initial wave of finding freedom with horses, or at least for me, like, you know, finding Liberty horsemanship was like this initial like identity crisis and wave of change and liberation for me. Um, in the past two years or so, I've had a whole nother one of letting go in a completely new way. And honestly, like finding myself and finding my own freedom and hearing the horses a lot more clearly and hearing, um, the messages of the horse and changing my priorities, um, has also completely like transformed and I've had a identity crisis and then a liberation, um, again. And one of the feelings that that has brought is this piece in that I really want everyone's message just to be shared. And I want that kind of collaboration, kind of like what you were saying, that there's enough to go around. I think I have felt the pressure, even with Liberty Horsemanship, to, um, you know, to be like, you have your one program and you want to like, get that one like idea out there and it's your idea and Mm -hmm. you feel like there's this competition possibly with other people and other trainers and it's you either follow this method or you follow that method and I think it's been a little bit separating you know Mm -hmm. different trainers and different types of horsemanship that really are very similar and could be helping each other out a lot and Mm -hmm. I personally feel like with the podcast especially it's been one of the best ways to feel more united and feel more like all I want to do is help people spread their message. And I'm just excited about what everyone's doing that I like. And there is enough to go around and it's not like, it's not your competition. And the more we can unite and work together. And I feel this with like the training, you know, everything with horsemanship that is transforming and with the wild horses, you know, the advocacy that has possibly been pretty separate or like, um, you know, different people doing their different things and less collaboration. I feel like that's changing. Mm-hmm. And now hearing like the equine therapy going through its own revolution too and people coming together, it just, it feels so right to me and also feels very feminine and collaborative. Yeah. Like we were talking about a couple like a few days ago or last week. Yeah, definitely. Definitely that it's taken the, the sort of business element or whatever it was that we were all in for a while, you know, um I I can't even define what that was, but 
it certainly felt limiting and a little a, a little competitive or something I don't I think that's probably too strong a word but yeah the joining is is great and actually that's a really great way to just say that that is really the basis for the mastery program you know that in the beginning I thought okay you know I've you know over the years developed a kind of way of um I suppose like a teaching arc you know it's it can be loose within that framework but really as we were saying outside it's about you know empowering people with their own sense of self and their own sense of um um boundaries and you know yeah just their own sense of self and then then they're free to kind of go out with the herd um uh but I think what's really cool about this uh, that this uh, the mastery program is that um it's actually ended up just expanding outwards you know I started talking with people and realizing oh my goodness you know I can just bring in all of these incredible voices of advocacy um and include them in the in the conversation of the mastery program so even though there'll be these you know three experiential hands-on modules where people come to the ranch and experience um you know being with horses and actually have the experience of, of themselves of what that's like um they're also learning you know not only their own self um empowerment and self-exploration but then if they do want to go ahead and you know try and teach or coach then you know they'll be able to point themselves in that direction so you know having the collaboration of like-minded people um everyone who's really just got a sense of this expanding freedom with the horses and not having to have a formula or have a you know um, a set set rules there's no rules yeah yeah um, cause I remember you explaining when you first kind of told me this idea and, and I hadn't really realized this, that there's only been a few ways to get certified for like to do equine therapy, right? Is yes. That, yeah. And, um, I mean, there's, there's a fair amount of ways, amount. but you know, there's definitely a sort of a hierarchy of certification, right. um, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. I really love about what you do and what we've talked about too is um, therapy with horses and humans that ha- puts less pressure on the horse. That is less about using the horse and more. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned the horse as like a gateway. So I'd love to kind of have you talk a little bit about that and the difference yeah. that you've noticed in your own like. Uh, teaching journey yeah um well you know simply when when I started and you know not to say that any of what I learned was wrong in any way it was so informative and so um it was the times of moving away from traditional horsemanship or you know natural horsemanship and then moving into you know a certain amount of freedom for the horses but what I realized was um that we were still subjugating the horses to our will, you know, for our own benefit of, say, you know, for example, you know, leading, just, you know, having a, being being a, a good leader. Um, but that's different for each person. And if they've got a horse on the end of a, you know, a halter and rope and they're, you know, it could be a great partnership, 
with the horse, but it could be that it's really difficult and that, you know, you end up dragging the horse around the arena, really, you know, ostensibly. Um, Or, you know, we used to play games with the horses, which, you know, kind of seemed like that it was giving them some freedom. But for example, you know, one of the exercises was um, using an arena as a kind of pool table, you know, like a billiards table. And then there'd be four pockets in the corner and we'd say, okay, you know, you have to get a horse in each corner. Um, Mm -hmm. And just using your energy to do that, you know, there was, there's no touching or cajoling, you know, so it seemed like it was, you know, quite um, a passive exercise, but actually all it was doing was driving the horses around, you know, and then the, you know, the humans feeling, uh, you know, yes, we did it, you know, which is great, you know, so it had... Um, an element of, you know, teamwork and camaraderie and people were learning a lot, um, you know, internally about themselves, but we were still, um, yeah, compromising the horses and just, they, they weren't in it as free beings, you know, who were there to give feedback, honest feedback. It was more like we're kind of controlling the outcome in some way. So, I mean, I think where I'm, well, not, not, I think, but I know where I'm going is that, um, I've just seen that having the horses actually free and um, people interacting with them in that free space is waking people up to their own consciousness, their own um, 360 awareness, their own intuition about whether or not, you know, simply to approach the horse or not, you know, to really start reading what's going on in in their environment and noticing really when they're being and when they're being in the present and when they're caught up in their their thinking or their ego or their personal story or whatever you want to call it. Um, And that's where I'm seeing the horses are just an incredible mirror and as you you said, like a, it's a gateway or a portal to knowing that this feeling and this awareness and this consciousness is available throughout our lives. It's just that horses seem to bring us into that place really quickly and bring us into our, not only our vulnerability, but also our strength. Um, and so I'm just seeing that that is just so much more fulfilling, um, than having, you know, horses stuck in an arena or or on a lead rope, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, you know, when I'm saying it, it it just feels like it's got an enormous amount of depth to it. You know, there's an enormous amount of potential to, um, people understanding that, the freedom that they give the horses in this in this kind of environment, teaching environment, is also really freeing freeing each each one of us whilst we're in that interaction. Yeah, I feel that you know, and I've never done um, like I've, I've never been certified or done equine therapy in that way, but I've really felt that um, I don't feel like we can actually if we're feeling disempowered, take power from another and then, and that actually fulfill us. I think that trying to take our power from others ultimately is just kind of more of a sign of our own, where we're feeling lack and that empowerment comes from within. 
And, um, yeah, with the horses, I think that's something that I've like personally noticed more and more for just myself of the places where I needed the horse to fill or prove something to me versus when, and I think, I don't know if you mentioned this on the podcast or if it was outside when we were talking, but when you come in already full with yourself, that then your relationship, I think to humans and to horses is just so different because ultimately you realize that you have everything you need within. And, and I imagine that taking that off the horse too is not only beneficial for the horse, but I feel like it would also be empowering to you to know that like the horses, it's wonderful to be with horses, but I don't need to be with a horse to also know this about myself yeah or to yeah you know be a leader or be a totally yeah that's I mean I hope that we're explaining you know it's so interesting because I'm kind of I'm I totally understand what you're what you're saying and I, I I absolutely agree that I think you know to put it in more tangible terms we we were we were talking about the somatic element of, um, you know, being in the body and um, the nature of being with horses, I think really requires us to be um, present in our body. And that could be as simple as, you know, grounding exercises, you know, breathing, feeling your feet on the ground, you know, feeling the, the wind on your cheek, you know. Um, and just quietening enough to really get a sense of that because ultimately when we go out with horses, you know, and they're not, um, they're not contained, we do need to be in that full awareness because they are 1500 to 2000 pound animals that are, (laughs) you know, romping around out there or not, or being still. But, um, the simple fact of being, you know, through somatic presence and some exercises to actually feel um, authentically that empowerment within oneself um, and then to take that out to the horses is, you know, as you say, it, it's so much more um, real, you know. Um, and I think that when you you were mentioning before about you know if you are if you're just putting your power over another being and then feeling you know like yes you know I did it like I made that horse do that yeah um what 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 I found interesting working with young people you know a lot in rehab and um drug and alcohol and you know mental health challenges um they were calling that out all the time in the program. They would say, but awesome. the horse doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Right? I, I feel that. You know, I feel, you know, we'd say, well, you know, walk down to that barrel and then, you know, come, come back the other way or, you know. And they'd say, well, he doesn't want to do it. So, you know, I could look at that as a, as a mirror of that kid and be well, you know, maybe you don't want to do it. And in some cases, you know, there is a crossover of that, of that feeling. And it is about what we're thinking and we could let go of that and the horse could feel more animated, but they continually called it out anyway. And pointing that mirror at me, you know, like the horse doesn't seem, the horse isn't free. 
you know. Yeah. Um, and so it was just so interesting listening to that and feeling this, you know, kind of like my resistance to that. I would be like, well, you know, yes, but, you, you know, I don't know, you know, like I would justify it because that was kind of what I was doing at the time. Um, and then seeing that those kids were totally on it. You know, they knew they knew when the horses wanted to do something or not. And they could really sense that yeah. that limit of freedom. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I mean, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty giant, really. The whole, yeah. you know, moving and shifting out of a paradigm or a, a thought or a belief, you know, and I think that. That's what's so beautiful. I, I think what I've seen of, of, you know, what you've been doing and your work is that you're so willing to look at yourself and then change something or just follow that, you know, intuition. And that is just such an amazing thing, you know, to have come to a place where, you know, you've kind of, you've got a good thing going on, you know, and you've got clients and you've got what your way of being with the horses and they seem really happy and then all of a sudden you know you've shifted and changed something and then you've come to a totally another layer underneath it and I think that that is just such a a beautiful um um role model you know for people that they also have that wisdom within them you know they also have that knowing of what it is that's right and the ability or not to be frightened of change you know just to you can have a fixed idea and then get stuck with that and then you know um, not feel when it starts to limit us you know and I've for sure had that in my experiences you know um, thinking that I was doing the right thing and just carrying on doing that until it was actually you know kind of detrimental to my health really and I think we all get stuck on those things, you know, yeah. and then letting go and moving through it is um, just such a gift. Yeah. Well, I, man, I, I appreciate that you see me in that way so much like that. It, that thank you. Um, I think, though, first of all, with the kids, like, man, that kind of blew my mind because I think that I relate so much to having that something like that pointed out to me mm -hmm. being like, you know, the horse doesn't want it, but like kids that, you know, aren't, they're not in it for the horsemanship. So they're not limited by what this has to mean about them or what it, you know, like if it's right or wrong and just really honest. And, and it also makes me wonder, like, um, I'd be curious your thoughts on, do you think those kids like, part of seeing that in the horse and honoring it in the horse also has to do with honoring themselves. Like, you know, they yeah. see that the horse doesn't want to do it. Maybe I don't want to do it. And that's also something to value and look at and that that's not incorrect that I yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> that's another topic. That's, so that's awesome another thing. topic about, you know, um, I think I heard when I was listening to one of your podcasts about nothing, there's nothing to fix. I mean, this is going on to yeah. another level of, of mental health and well-being. But um, I really see that, that, you know, that nothing's broken, there's nothing to fix, you know, that we, we all 
have the potential to really turn things around for ourselves. Um, and I was just on a, she, I did a podcast a couple of nights ago, um, for, um, it's called spiritual gasm. It was really funny. I didn't realize it was called that before I started. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was about sexuality, spirituality, and mental health. And we ended up um, talking about, they said to me, well, what if someone's listening to this and they don't have, you know, a ranch in Malibu? I don't know why they said that, but, um, or they don't have, you know, <laughs> access to horses. You know, how, what are you going to say to those people? And I said, well, I think really it's about following your truth, you know, really. I mean, it sounds so easy to say that, but things come up at the right time for us to heal us, yeah. to give us information, you know, and um, a lot of the time we don't want to feel that emotion. We don't want to feel what's rising up. And I think that actually just feeling it and not attaching anything to it or not looking at like, where did it come from or why, or that was because when I was, you know, this age, this happened to me. It's just allow that feeling to pass through. Like those things come up and yeah. we're, and, and, you know, there's a, there's an innate wisdom in life that brings something up at the right time for it to be let go of, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think that, you know, with the kids in mind, I think that that's kind of what's happening all the time, you know, and we stick them in rehab because we think that, you know, they're out of control or it's going the wrong way or, you know, somehow that someone knows better than yeah. us or them. Um, but just to see that there is um, an innate wisdom or to, to recognize that that is what's happening with everybody yeah, and that um, that's naturally what's happening. They're starting to sound like wild Mustangs that don't want to be broken to me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing because I, I feel everything you just said so deeply. This, uh, like this 2019, I think 2018, like had a lot of this in it, but a lot of what I'm feeling for 2019 is really leaning into feeling everything. Like feel feels like a really big word for me and freedom in that feeling and knowing in that feeling that that there is nothing to fix in the sense that that nothing about me is inherently broken and that I can trust the pieces of me that, um, that maybe I have written off or tried to control or have, um, doubted their inherent wisdom because I thought something was wrong for, with me or I was trying to make up for something. I think what I've really noticed, and I think a lot of people feel this way, is a trying to make up for who you inherently are. So whether that's shame around, um, shame around anything, you know, I'm trying to think of examples, like, but I'm, I'm only going to my shame when I think of examples. Um, but I think everyone has shame and everyone has places where they feel like they're not enough or they feel like they're broken or they feel like, I mean, I think shame really tells us that, you know, who I am is just, it's not good and I have to fix it and I have to change it. And that mindset I've noticed for myself just being so detrimental and yeah. not actually leading to any beneficial place or positive change, just yeah. leading to 
further destruction and farther down a hole that, um, Mm -hmm. where anything I'm trying to do to fix myself isn't just inherently kind of destructive, even if it's something positive. Like, for example, if I'm trying to meditate, but I'm trying to meditate because I think that I'm inherently, there's something inherently wrong with me. And this meditation is what I need to do in order to be a good person or yoga or I think people do it with dieting or um, <laughs> like all yeah. these different things where we're trying to change ourselves because there's something wrong. Um, or we think we're going to be better if we do that. Yeah, we but, think yeah. we're going to be better. And it's coming from a place of not actually like, like for me, yoga is an example that if I'm, if I'm doing yoga with the intention that it makes me feel good and I'm following what like kind of my bliss on it, I want to do yoga and yoga is great. But if I'm doing yoga from, I need to be more spiritual. I need to like change myself. I need to be more present. Like all these things that are not really good enough with me right now. Then all of a sudden yoga becomes a way to fix myself. And it's something I'm either on the wagon or off the wagon. Yeah. And there's shame involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know no, I totally to agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Because also it, that that's, it's, you know, yeah, exactly. Do it if it's feeling good. And, uh, and, and if it's not, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Trusting that, that, um, that wisdom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when you were saying about shame, I was just, I was thinking like shame is, uh, it's just a thought. Mm-hmm. Shame is just, um, our thinking about something. It's not, it's not, um, it's not anything else but that. It's not a reality. You know, we're the only ones doing it to ourselves. You know, it doesn't really exist except in our, in our thinking. Yeah. You know, it's like the, it's genuine suffering, but it's suffering that we're, that's completely in our heads. Yeah. It's totally our, our own, our own suffering. We're creating our own suffering by those, by, by that thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And to be, you know, you know, Mary Oliver just passed away, you know, the great poet. And um, one of my favorite poems of hers is called Wild Geese. And it starts off, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk through the desert for a thousand miles or whatever it is, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And that, it to me is so, so it, it's so simple. It seems so simple that it's almost seems unattainable, but it isn't. And that is absolutely it. And we drive ourselves so hard and we, you know, drive ourselves to, like you said, you know, sitting like I'm, I'm meditating, I'm supposed to be meditating. Damn it. I keep thinking, you know, it's (laughs) like, yeah, there, there, there can't be anything in that because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And to follow that good feeling, um, I really believe it's, yeah, that's, that's it, following, following the good feeling. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to intrinsically just be in a positive mood either. It's not, you know, as we said, going back to feelings, we might have a feeling arise and there's nothing wrong with that either. Just let that feeling, you know... Just let that feeling come and go and yeah. it's going to pass and yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. 
first of all, this is just like, this blown my mind. It's one of those like universe moments where I had never heard that poem until yesterday. Oh. And it was the only poem I read yesterday and it blew my <laughs> wow. mind and I threw it to, I not threw it. I, uh, I sent it to so many people because I was like, this is what I'm trying to get at. This is what I'm feeling right now. Wow. It's the trusting your soft animal body and like also allowing yourself to feel pleasure and allowing Mm. to feel like to go with what feels good. Because I think when you're in the mindset of shame and, and I also think, you know, shame can be like productivity. That's a big one that comes in for me. It's like Mm -hmm. everything needs to have a purpose that, you know, I'm trying to get better or I'm trying to fix something, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of that, like it's this level of productivity that kind of really devalues what inherently feels good yeah, and your pleasure on a different, that almost demonizes pleasure and almost demonizes, you know, like doing things that makes your body feel good or doing it for the sake of its enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I think that mindset, you know, it might seem like simple, like you said, like on, on certain levels, but it's also just the depth of it is, I think it, it gets in everywhere in our life. And I think it really has to do with how we talk to ourselves and what we believe Mm -hmm. we deserve and our inherent worth. And Mm -hmm. that poem just, I was like, oh my God, I was so excited about it because I was just like, this is, this is it. This is what I, this is what I mean right now. This This is is it. Yeah. And so much poetry, I mean, especially Mary Oliver, you know, because it's so nature orientated. Yeah. Um, you know, she is, that's what she points to all the time is, yeah. you know, the answer in nature. She can write a whole poem about lying in the grass, you know, yeah. but everybody has written poetry about that. All of Rumi's poetry is the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's about us being kind to ourselves and I think you know as I just said a lot of that my understanding of that is now that um that I'm not going to get caught up in my thinking or I'm less caught up in my thinking of course I'm going to have negative thinking insecure thinking um you know I'm going to have times where I'm not feeling productive or whatever it is but my awareness that it is just I'm getting caught up in my thinking allows me to um move through it a lot more quickly yeah you know and and I might be feeling shitty you know um but that's okay too yeah and and it's gonna pass you know and I know that now I know now that I can you know feel in a low mood feel shitty not feel productive and then you know I can kind of just give myself a bit of a break and you know not continue bashing myself over the head like that and then the next morning I wake up and I feel completely different yeah you know and and I'm just so much more aware of that and I think that just going back to bringing the horses in at this point is that that is what the horses bring me to into awareness of all the time is that I'm here I'm feeling good in the present moment I'm just with what is and that that space is actually what's informing everything is informing my creativity my inspiration um my well-being 
you know, that it's kind of healing me. I don't want to kind of get too, you know, woo-woo about it. But, you know, there's a lot in that space. And then I can get caught up in my thinking. Like, you know, if you told me, oh, go out into the pasture and, you know, I could, you know, at times, and I know that a lot of clients feel this as well, is like, well, what if someone doesn't, what if no horse comes up to me? Or what if someone doesn't like me? You know, or... um, you know, I, I want that black horse over there, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, we, we just go into our thinking and then we can tell that that's what is happening all the time, that we're yeah. getting caught up in, you know, we could be just um, in a group and saying like, I wonder if they like me or, you know, that person did that or, you know, it's just all going on all the time. Yeah. But to have an awareness which the horses bring us into because they're not interested in us in that place of thinking. When we're up there and we're in our heads, they're not interested in being around us necessarily. Yeah. And I think that when we just settle down and we're not in that thinking, we're not in our personal mind and we're not caught up in that, we're much more in the place that they reside. And then they're like, ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hang out with you. You know, yeah. and then when we get that acknowledgement from a horse, you know, a being that has no judgment and no agenda and it just feels good in your presence, it's just like, you know, a window to the soul. Yeah. It's like, that's it. You know, we, we see ourselves and we see um, our purity. Yeah. They see our purity. They see our perfection. Yeah. You know, they see something that we rarely give ourselves the opportunity to see. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love that. I think that there is such a difference between feeling the feelings like you said even if they're like sadness or we think it's hard versus the thoughts defining it as suffering. Because we might feel, and I, you know, with horses mm-hmm. I've gone out, I've felt sad. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they're, you know, they're not going to be turned off by my hard emotion no. at all. And it's the thinking around what that sadness means. If I'm saying that that sadness, oh, I got rejected because I wasn't good enough. You know, it's that thought that all of a sudden defines the sadness. Mm-hmm. Rather and, than just being sad. Yeah. Which yeah. inherently like. Yeah. I don't, I think there's less of a suffering. In Completely. That. You know, there, there could be pain, but it's not a suffering. Yeah, if we're thing. looking around to find out what it was or that's, yeah, and not just allowing the feeling to to pass through. Yeah. Not not putting anything on it, except it's just, this is how I feel. I mean, yeah. this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. I yeah, it's so freeing. So yeah, um, there's a great quote, and I think it was, um, I think it's Sidney Banks, but he said, if, humans or if people weren't so frightened of their own experience the world would be a completely different place yeah and that's you know it's just not being frightened of the experience of being sad yeah or the experience of being angry or yeah you know I feel this is like this has been what I've been thinking about for the past few months like all of this I just love it um 
because it just feels so relevant. Yeah, it's so interesting because, I mean, we really haven't spent time together in, I, I mean, I don't know, it's a few years. And it's so, um, yeah, just reading your posts and things like that, I was like, oh, wow, you know, you're really seeing something. You know, you're seeing something, um, yeah, beyond, you know, beyond the form. You're seeing something that is um, underpinning, you know, what uh, this, yeah, uh, underpinning our experience. And, you know, I'm noticing that there's a, there's a lot of people um, just seeing things in that way, you know, seeing that, um, that our thinking can be so limiting and, yeah. you know, that, that we've got access to so much freedom, um, you know, whatever our circumstances, yeah, whatever our circumstances, you know, doesn't have to be that you've got, you know, more time or more this or more that. You can do it in any situation. That's... Or a ranch in Malibu. <laughs> or a ranch in Malibu. Wherever, yeah. you, wherever you happen to be. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me, the, the key to being now able to hold more space in my mind to understand some of these concepts and to, for what I think is kind of like these lessons of the horse that I've been you know I feel a lot of I think a lot of the people in my life help me um come to more understanding and also just the horses inherently like you're talking about it you know we might not see exactly sometimes I don't know exactly how they're teaching me but but they certainly are and um anyway I think the key to that this past year was first finding compassion and getting rid of the idea of right and wrong mm-hmm. around myself and around what was good and bad in myself, that led me to a place of compassion. And once I had compassion for myself in anything and in everything, um, in all the places I might have thought as flawed or not flawed, um, that, I think, opened the door to the freedom mm-hmm. in a whole new way. And to, not, and to being less fearful of the emotion and of being more comfortable with myself and being present and standing with myself too. I think it gave me a lot more of the courage to actually stand with myself. And like we were talking about earlier, um, put myself first and seeing that not as a a selfish action, Mm -hmm. but as a deeply compassionate and also I think the kindest thing we can do for ourselves and for everyone around us. I really think that compassion, um, like unlimited compassion for myself was the key. Yeah. Uh, No. Yeah. And that, that is, and that's your, that was your wisdom that just came out of, you know, just came out of you to be, um, dragged it out of me. (laughs) Yeah. But that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of what I'm, what, what I'm saying is I think that that, that is just available. Yeah. It's available. But for some reason or other, we just layer it on so thick that we can't really see yeah. the, the simplicity of that. And that is the human condition, you know, that yeah. we've, you know, we, we, yeah, we can sometimes get, get caught up and um, not see the simplicity or a potential. Yeah. Or... That was, that totally were the layers for me and the ones, you know, obviously still always working through layers, but I think where the horses really helped me was really getting rid of the idea of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. That 
that led to the compassion that opened yeah. up to something more simple. And, yeah. and that started with the horses of, um, you know, I think when I first like started Liberty horsemanship, I thought I had gotten a lot, rid a lot of, oh, I got a rid of the idea of punishment. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I wasn't focusing on what was wrong with them so much, but I was trying to focus on what was right. And it was difficult for me. And and when you said earlier that, you know, like I allowed myself to change, there were a few years of like so much resistance, like the kids pointing out, um, you know, the horse doesn't want to do it. I had a lot of resistance of my mind questioning, like, you know, but if you're, if you're still pointing out what is right with the horses, isn't there still like a bit of manipulation on, you know, on what's right and wrong for them and like putting that limit on training and yeah. like, and I still <laughs> so <laughs> brilliant that you just saw that and, and your personal mind's like, no, I know we can't see that. That can't be true. I'm like, that will rock your entire world. You cannot see that. Close your eyes. <laughs> that was yeah. my feeling for so long. Cause I was, I was like, that is going to change everything. Like not just, yes. You know, I thought like that will change your training and that was already, my mind was blown. Like, you know, if, what am I without the training? Yeah. But also I think I intuitively knew that if I started questioning that with the horses, that was going to blow up a whole thing in myself, you know, like a, a lid was going to come off. And I didn't, I didn't know that part. I don't think, um, but I resisted it for so long and I held on to the idea of right thinking I let go of wrong, but you know, inherently if you, if you have a right, you have a wrong. Mm-hmm. So it was all still there. Um, and coming to finally, let go of right and wrong and try and just like being like, well, we'll see what's on the other side and being kind of terrified to know what that is. And it seems like not something to be scared of, but like I was genuinely so scared, um, of what that would mean, of what that would mean with my horsemanship, with my relationship to the horses, to myself. Um, would I become like, you know, if you let go of right and wrong, I think personally, I also thought, well, then am I just going to go crazy? Or like, you know, mm-hmm. diet, where's the morality in that? Mm-hmm. Which is now what I think of as, um, I think I'm going all over the place just because I have so many thoughts on it. But no, that is kind of good. how I think of like the wild and how we distrust the wild. Because I think our captivity in many ways is that we hold on to the idea of right and wrong as a way to control ourselves. Mm-hmm. And as a way to not go crazy and not... Um, not get too wild in the way that we think of wild as like ravenous and like out of control. Um, but I think when we get rid of right and wrong and we take the captivity off, we're left with what's wild. And I think that what's wild is inherently trustworthy and it's inherently Mm. wise. Mm, I love that. And that's, um, that's what I'm trying to lean into now, both with the horses, you know, in my training, what's wild is inherently trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. What's <laughs> your wisdom is inherently trustworthy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you're not going to let go of right and wrong and then become a crazy person no. or a murderer. You know, it's, I don't think, I think when you let go of right and wrong, you let go of shame. Mm-hmm. And I think with the horses, you know, just in this very physical manner of like a letting go of training of training that said right and wrong has opened up a relationship that feels 
so authentic and so beautiful and, and so without pressure on either of our sides. Mm -hmm. Because I also hadn't realized that I'd been putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. And not just on the horse. Um, so there's that kind of like physical manifestation. And then internally, being able to relax into the simplicity of trusting myself without without the cage or without the micromanagement or without having to c control everything. I think it's something I'm still relaxing into and I'm still like every time I'm starting to trust, you know, there's a little piece of me that wants to brace and manage. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that the key for me, it's, it's, in the, it's in the wild and it's in the letting go yeah, and the trust of that. And then, yeah, that's, that's been, uh, that's been on my mind a lot. <laughs> I hope that came out like, oh yeah. Right. I, well, I mean, I, I totally right. understood it. I'm glad. I understood that. I understood that. And, and I, I don't know whether it would be, you know, useful, um, for people to hear that. I kind of went through the same thing and mine was attached to my business. Yeah. Um, because I was, you know, running an equine therapy, therapeutic program, um, you know, for a lot of clients and a lot of rehabs. And, um, I think that I, for some reason, I think I had a small surgery on my foot or something like that, but I was, um, away from the ranch and the programs for maybe four weeks, maybe five weeks. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I literally could not go because I'd had this foot thing and if anyone had stepped on my foot, you know, it would have been... So I literally had to not be at the ranch for this period of time. And my wonderful team were, you know, running the programs. And when I came back in, having that time away um, just, you know, gave me a fresh perspective. And I could see that the horses were absolutely miserable. And these are horses that I've been working with for six, five years, five years at least. And I just saw that they were bored. They were shutting down. Some of them were shutting down. Some of them weren't. And, you know, we'd, we'd done, it wasn't like they were hard working. You know, we didn't do more than, you know, a program a day, really. Um, but um, they were done. And they were also done with what I what I intuited as continually being with people who were very unclear and confused, mm -hmm. and um, not having the freedom to say whether or not they wanted to be with them or not. Yeah. And I saw that so clearly, and my team saw it clearly over a weekend. Um, what, that we spent together and we kind of brainstormed what the hell are we going to do? Because yeah. suddenly it felt to me, I mean, I don't want to let all these rehabs down. I don't want to let these kids down. Um, I'm running a business, you know, I'm funding me and, you know, my three sons. And there's a lot at stake, yeah. you know, it <laughs> seemed like there was a lot at stake. But I couldn't, um, I couldn't continue in the way that I was. So I kind of, you know, brainstormed with my team and we started figuring a way to take the pressure off the horses. And we implemented an animal guided 
education program which included all of the farm animals that were at the ranch and what what it actually looked like was that it became about self-care and self-compassion and that they the the kids you know we kind of directed the kids to be um you know aware of self-care and self-compassion and bringing that to the animals and they were basically taking care of the animals um and including the horses and then at the end of it you know they got to spend this time where they were just being with them and you know the relationships that they formed with them and the things that they noticed it was just absolutely beautiful and the feedback from the rehab centers was you know this was the favorite thing you know this is the thing that there was no questioning there was very little sort of a clinical um, aspect of it except you know just kind of tying things together um, at the beginning and the end of their goals in rehab or whatever it happened to be but basically they were just getting this sense of being you know in their innate well-being and um, they went away with massive grins on their faces you know it just was so rewarding but also you know not going off topic that um, we found a way of changing the program yeah. so that we weren't putting the horses under this pressure. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, there was still more letting go to, to, to come. But yeah. at that point, that was the way that I, you know, was able to change things without changing too much. Yeah. Um, but taking the pressure off. It didn't take the pressure off me, but it did take the pressure off the horses at that period. Yeah. It um, also sounds like it freed the kids too like kind mm-hmm. of freeing one aspect that yeah just sound really, really no nice. I mean I think that that's absolutely true yeah man I relate like yeah like we like we both had that moment I think of having to finally look at the question you know like when you know something needs to change or you know that you're what was right for you at one point is is no longer serving you. Yeah. Um, and when so much is at stake, that that's that's why I'm really amazed with a lot of people on the podcast and people that I try to bring on are people who have in you know whatever the that question might be where it feels like so much hinges and there's so much at stake on mm-hmm. doing things how they were always done. Mm-hmm. Um, but something inside you, I think your soul just tells you like it, it's got to change. Yeah. And like, I know I, I face so much resistance with the resistance and I think like in myself, but I also like to think of that, you know, you said that there was more change to come, but just that like one step, like you yeah. don't have to throw away your whole life and, you know, no. change everything at once in order to follow yourself and your heart and honor what you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And, you know, there's a there's a kind of thing that people say in psychology, you know, that your psyche won't, you know, throw anything on you that you can't actually handle. Mm-hmm. But in a way, I mean, without taking away the psychological aspect of it, I think that's what you're saying is that, you know, you just uncover one thing at a time, yeah. you know, and it's not, you're not, your wisdom is not going to allow you to be overwhelmed, you know, to trust yes. that again, you know, to trust that wildness, to trust that wisdom that, you know, you're not, it's not going to start snowballing. Yeah. You know, handleable. Yeah. That it's handleable. And that, that's my experience. And, you know, we, 
I think we put a lot on things, you know, you said like a lot at stake. Um, and, you know, for me, what happened was that my health actually, I was kind of still going against um, my true nature. I was, I was still going against um, my wildness and, um, you know, was in a very, in fact, sort of really kind of controlled environment. Well, me, you know, me controlling myself within that environment. And um, my, I could say that, you know, my, my illness, um, the, my cancer was my innate wisdom was just coming through. And it was like, nope, you are not going to do this anymore in this way. Yeah. And it, that's exactly what happened. And actually my youngest son said to me, mom, isn't that, isn't it crazy that you kept saying, I can't do this anymore, you know? And he said, now you can't. <laughs> he was like, yeah. you know, with this, you be careful what you ask for. But I mean, not, not in a, you know, in a very wise way is actually, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It, it put a full stop to what I was doing and the way I was doing it. Um, you know, and a chance for me to um, really check in with my wildness or my yeah. wisdom and then see where I wanted to go from there. And it has, it, it entirely changed my life. And there was a lot at stake. And actually at that point, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust this. I'm, I am going to let go of my, I had to, you know, yeah. I had to let go of that being, my income, that being my profession right there and then. Um, and it felt like exactly what I needed to do. Yeah. And then this, you know, this new, a year later, really, it's a year, this has all started to come into form. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said at the beginning, it started off as, oh, you know, I want to pass on my wisdom, you know, the teaching that I've, that I've, you know, gone through 10 years of, of this kind of, you know, business of equine therapeutic, equine guided empowerment. And now I just want to pass it on to other facilitators, yeah. but it's actually just opened up into something which is way bigger than that. You know, yeah. yes, of course, if you want to take it into a teaching realm, you're going to have the tools to be able to do that. But, um, who knows what's going to happen in this 10 months yeah. of this program and listening to really inspiring, you know, uh, mentors and teachers, you know, like you and, and a, a ha you know, just 10 amazing people um, who are all kind of coming from the same understanding, whether it's with horses or whether it's just in, in kind of coaching um, and mentoring in the world. And... Um, yeah, that's what that's what's come yeah. out of me letting go of everything, including my my kind of, you know, outer, um, uh, you know, finances as well. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, just letting go and trusting it. And I feel, you know, occasionally I'll freak out, yeah. you know, every now and again, I freak out and think, you know, as we have to do. What am I doing? And like, is this going to work? Or, you know, I have, you know, some insecure thinking, but then it, it passes. Yeah. And I'm back on the, <laughs> this is amazing what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. See, when I think of like 
that whole progression, like that is just magic to me. And, and I mean magic in, um, I wonder, I think I might've said this on the last podcast, but maybe not. Um, Liz Gilbert, who I love, Mm -hmm. um, she shared her favorite definition of magic. And I think, again, I might butcher this, but what I took from it and what I like about it was that magic is being in tune with what needs to happen next. So it's not about changing the world around you. And it's not about, um, manipulating things to be, you know, what you think they should be, but it's about being in tune with the natural flow. And I I would say like the inherent wisdom of the wild of knowing what needs to happen next and taking that that step. Absolutely love that. I, I think it, it resonates so deeply with me. And I feel that with, I felt that with my own, like, you know, letting go and then jumping and having to really trust, like it takes so much trust to be like, I'm going to let all this that has defined me change and transform. And it feels good. And one part of me can't deny that it feels so good to do that. But there is a lot of fear alongside yeah. it. Yeah. There's all your, your personal thinkings like, no, <laughs> your ego. No. no. What's going to happen next? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And but I, there's something stronger guiding, yes. guiding that force. Yeah. And when I look back on it, cause I'm, I'm actually going to be 57 on Friday. I don't usually announce this publicly to the world because people tend to think I'm a lot younger than I am. But um, yeah, I know that that's true. Yeah, I can now look back and say that. I mean, I I did get into a lot of trouble when I was when I was younger, and every when I look back on it now, I know that it was my wisdom and my wildness guiding me. I know it. Yeah. I mean, I can look back and I say absolutely without a shadow of a doubt the choices that I made from that place whether or not every anyone else was happy about it it was me really deeply trusting that part of myself even on top of you know uh, a fair amount of trauma early childhood trauma it was like yeah I kind of knew that stuff happened but it was in the past and, and and I think it gave me hell of a lot of feistiness and you know some sort of rebellion natural rebellion you know that kind of took me through and now that I I know that what you're saying is true I know that it's um the truth because I've experienced it over and over again and I've experienced it with my clients who I'm bowled over especially this last year as I've come into more of this understanding, um, people that I've worked with with the horses over a weekend or, you know, just it, with pri- private, you know, couple of days private um, sessions, I cannot tell you how amazed I am what's happened with these people um, and how they've turned things around and that they've come, they, they're coming to their own understanding of this. Yeah. And that there is nothing wrong and that they can trust that part of themselves, that they can trust their wisdom, that, you know, it's um, it's just I've been blown away by the amount of change that I've seen in people. Yeah. Uh, I just, I feel so inspired by it because I know that, like, sometimes trusting your wisdom like that, you're going to disappoint people. You're going to... Mm-hmm have people project their own fears onto you Mm -hmm. and like you were saying earlier 
outside, I think, um, you being like a guide and being there for them and you living, like being the living truth of you following your own wisdom and you fully dedicated to that too and, and, and trusting yourself and putting yourself first in that way, um, I think that's contagious. And I think that you must, like anyone who works with you or is just around you is inherently going to feel braver to do that as well. I, I totally agree. It, it is contagious. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that it, it, it could well be contagious through a podcast too. I hope. I think so. I, hope so. Um, I think so. I mean, you know, and I don't say, I, I mean, I don't say that lightly because I, I've sat with some great teachers in this last year and that is what my experience has been. It's less about, and this is, you know, a little bit about the mastery program is it's not going to be education in the way that we kind of understand it. There's not going to be a lot of scribbling and note-taking. Yeah, It's not going to be like that because what we need to take in, I believe that we naturally take it in. And when we hear the truth, our wisdom knows it. Yeah. And all it does is, is validate that place in ourselves. So this mastery program even though, you know, there's going to be a lot of experiential, um, you know, understanding, somatic understanding and experiencing. I think that a lot of the podcast, uh, the uh, webinars that we're doing and the speakers that we have and the experiences that I'm bringing in are just going to inform people's own wisdom. Yeah. And I really, I really, yeah, I mean, I know that that's the way that I've learned the most is is um being that being in that environment yeah and the, and i i swear that you know someone said to me the other day you know horses have been around for 50,000 years or something like that and we've been around for no 500,000 and we've been around for i don't know how long we've been around for but you know the horses have kind of been just watching our progress you know, they've yeah. been in and out of our lives. You know, we fight wars and they're like, okay, we're fighting wars now, you know, <laughs> and, and we're, you know, we're pulling milk carts. Okay, we're pulling milk carts. You know, that they've been patiently waiting for us to wake up. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, you know, it's, it's getting closer. Yeah. You know, I think that there's something about their liberation, um, which is informing our liberation. Uh, yeah. I, I, yes, I feel that so much. Yeah. Those like sacred words. Like, so is, and I, and I really believe that in freeing the horse, we're freeing ourselves and vice yes. versa. Um, yeah. freeing ourselves, we free the horse too. Exactly. So it's so, it's so symbiotic. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, thank you so, so much for being here. This has been just completely delightful for me. It's been, um, I feel like I've even gotten clearer on some of my ideas and I think what you're doing and your program and what you're teaching is just, it's all of this and, and like, I'm like, I want to go, I want to take it. And, uh, um, I'm again, so blessed that you want me to be a part of it, um, and, uh, yeah, so I know that everything's just launching right now. Do you want to mm -hmm. share like 
sure. people who are interested? What's... Sure, yeah, I will. And actually, it's funny that you said, um, you know, I want I want to be part of it because you obviously you will be part of it. But I'm I've I've been doing a training, um, a six month training, and actually one of the people who's like a big guest speaker in the six month program has been coming to each module. And I just thought, wow, this is so cool. Cause you know, he's, he's a really amazing teacher, but he's saying like, you know, yeah, I'm always learning. I'm, I'm going to, I want to sit in and, and experience this, which, is, which is so, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I really want to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be very welcome to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Yes, um, you'll be able to, well, you can look on the website, thereflectivehorse.com, and uh, you'll find um, in programs, you'll find the Reflective Horse Mastery Program, and uh, all the information is on the website. It's gonna, It's got all um, the guest webinar speakers, um, some of those people are really experienced with horses and in coaching. Um, and some of them are kind of pointing towards various aspects of what the training will, will go through, like, uh, the horse advocacy, the wild horse, wild horse advocacy, Mustang rescue. Um, then there's some people that are just coming from a really nature-based understanding. So there's, um, kind of immersion in the coaching aspect of it, if people want to take it that way. Um, but I think I said in the beginning that it's not only for people that want to facilitate working with horses and people, but also people who just want to have a, um, a personal exploration with a bunch of great masters. Oh, yeah. Cool. And you can register um, and apply and register um, on the website as well. So all the information is right there. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. And you might see Mosey if you join the, the mastery program in <laughs> <laughs> um, more than just a few webinars. And, yeah. Yeah. I'll be there every day. Every day. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm really excited and uh, we're really, really looking forward to who's going to show up for this. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you want to share or did you in the beginning that it'll be like modules in person and then yes that's right there's going to be three modules of five days um one of them's going to be in may and one of them's in september and then the final one is in february 2020 so um there are those five day modules and then in between there's going to be um a guest speaker webinar each month there's going to be um, mentoring webinars group webinars with me and there's going to be some additional kind of throw-ins. It's so interesting that as people have really understood what I'm doing, I've got people who've said, I would actually, you know, I'd love to be a part of it. You know, I've got a, um, a musician friend who's worked a lot with youth culture, Native American youth culture. And he was like, I, I want to I want to say some things about this. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a full curriculum. Um, and there'll also be... Um, a couple of adjunct workshops, meaning that there's workshops that you can attend um, with like-minded horse people and um, also just um, reading lists and, you know, reading material, documentaries, films that have inspired us um, that will be available for everybody. Yeah. 
and wow. online group forums too, so that everyone can, you know, talk with each other throughout the program as well. So a rounded, a rounded um, 10 months. I, I feel like this, for people who want to like follow some path with horses, no, feel called to horses and working with them or going on a personal journey. Or like, you know, I, I think I see a lot of people who like want to find some way to make this into a work or make it into like their lifestyle mm-hmm. and want like a good, real big bite in a real good way to um, really jump into that. If they're not sure where to start, I just feel like this is going to be so wonderful for that, for anyone who wants to uh, wants to do any of those things. And um, I get... I get people asking me a lot, like where to turn and where to like, you know, they want to do this with their life. What do they do? Like, yeah. where do they go? And I yeah. feel like I'm going to send them this way. That sounds great. And I do feel like it's a really fresh perspective. I yeah. feel like we're right on the pulse of where this work is headed, the scope of it, um, yeah. you know, leaving behind uh, a lot of the limitations, you know, that we've, yeah, we're just kind of moving into our a really open frame of mind with this work um, and the potential for it being in so many places, you know, I mean, really pointing it, you know, for it could be youth, it could be just, you know, it could be coaching, it could be prison work, it could be veterans, you know, it doesn't really matter. I think that there's so many places that the horse can just provide such a, you know, a wealth of opportunity that you know people can take it in any direction they want to go yeah yeah I feel it's really a great launching pad we need more people to go out there and do that exactly (laughs) exactly so maybe you're one of them (laughs) and maybe we'll see you there um thank you everyone for listening I just appreciate it so much and um yeah I will see you guys next week with a brand new episode and um yeah that's about it Thanks so much. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.